Welcome in to episode six of the Print Fest DFS podcast. I am your host, Justin Rue, alongside Scott Bandy, and it was a nice week for the Print Fest boys. Uh, just a total smash, total and absolute obliteration. You had Devontae Adams, you got a windmill from Alberto, but we both had the Dolphins D windmill. Should have been three touchdowns, got tackled at the one. Total smash. You scored 140, almost 145. I scored almost 126. The line of cash was 117. We're rich. We are quite rich. And this is a much better week than last week's show where I had to tilt my face off about DK Metcalf. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're back on board. I can afford food again. So, yep. uh, good week for the boys. Yeah. So, starting at quarterback, we both – end up getting a poop stain from Jimmy Garoppolo. He played in the first half and did absolutely nothing at 84 yards and then somehow was hurt slash benched or whatever happened. I think he had a high ankle sprain is what they're calling it. But he got benched. Nick Mullins comes in. He lights it up, scores 17 points in the second half. And we're just sitting there like, oh, what could have been with Jimmy G? I think Jimmy G was fine. He was 5,400. I would have I played him again at the same price. Yeah, I mean, he was fine enough. I mean, in general, I don't really like playing Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's actually not very good. Um, but, I mean, 5,400 against the Seahawks in just a projected blowout. I and mean, we've talked before on the pod about just how many points the Seahawks defense gives up to opposing quarterbacks. And at a 5,400 price tag, I mean, I thought it was fine. He was just too cheap. He probably should have been somewhere like 5,900 or 6K. Um, and it was a week where there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't too much value on the board. So, uh, I didn't feel a need to pay up a quarterback and he was extremely chalky. So even when he hits, you know, his one percentile outcome, I mean, it still didn't even matter because he was greater than 50% in most contests. So, um, but I, what I will say about Jimmy G is that I think he is right on the cusp of being on my do not fuck with uh, list. Um, <laughs> You're up there with Dave Montgomery, huh? Yeah, because he's just total garbage. Like, at some point, they just need to say, okay, we paid you all this money, but we're just going to start Nick Mullins instead. I think Nick Mullins is probably better. I agree with you. Oh, man. It's... Every time Nick Mullins plays, he he does pretty well. I mean, it's good enough. <laughs> Jimmy G's has been so up and down. But they end up throwing the ball 41 times. Like, when I was talking on the Friday pod, I expected, you know – the Niners came in throwing the ball 25 times a game and every team who plays against the, the Seahawks always throws more than throwing the ball 41 times. I mean, if you combine Jimmy G and Mullins, he easily gets there. That would have been like 20 points. So um, Jimmy G was, you know, he, he was an absolute shit show, but I think the process there was fine and I definitely would do it all, all over again. Um, so at running back, uh, we both played Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara. I think I, I saw a lot of people um, play Derrick Henry instead of Alvin Kamara. And I think that's just a total mistake uh, in cash. I think, you know, Henry probably has a higher ceiling, but for Henry to get there, he has to score a touchdown and get the hundred yard bonus. And to really get there in tournaments, he probably scored twice and get upwards of 200 yards because he's not going to catch any balls. He had one target, no catches today. Alvin Kamara, on the other hand, Michael Thomas was out. Mano Sanders was out. Marquez Callaway was out. 
he had a 31% target share. He had, he had 96 receiving yards on nine receptions. He almost hit the bonus. He had 99 yards and then caught a ball for negative three and ended up with, with nine for 96 receiving. So he had no touchdowns. He scored 25.3. Derrick Henry hit the bonus and scored a touchdown and only scored 20. So I, they're basically the same price. I don't know how you can play Eric Henry in that spot. Yeah, I mean, I think the only justifiable way to throw in Derrick Henry is if you're playing him with Kamara and just and just yeah. fading, you know, the, the mid to high risk receiver range. Because, like, I mean, Kamara versus Henry, in my opinion, shouldn't even have been a debate. I mean, Kamara can get there on volume alone every single week, and Derrick Henry has to hit the bonus, has to score usually twice at his price tag to get you there. So it's just process over results, right? Like, Yeah, man, and it worked out. I mean, Kamara scored five more points than Henry, and they were both around like 35% owned in double up. So, I mean, 35%. Well, Kamara ran cold at the end of that game. He had eight for 99 receiving, gets a ninth reception and loses yardage. So he didn't even get the bonus. I know. If he, if he gets the bonus there, I mean, you're, you're – I mean, that's another cash you're putting – he, that would have been up to like 29 points. And then that it's just, you just run away with it at that point. And he didn't even get in the box. I mean, yeah, Kamara, he didn't even in a tough matchup against Chicago, it just doesn't matter when there's no one else there to catch the ball. He's just so involved in the passing game. Jamal yeah. Williams was great again. He was the bell cow. Um, he ended up getting six receptions on uh, another 27 receiving yards. Didn't get in the box, but still got you 18 points at, at 6.1K. You know, at a, as a home favorite versus uh, Minnesota, they end up losing the game. Game strip kind of got away from him, but he was still fine. I mean, that's the thing at running back again. It's it's you want guys that'll get you there on volume alone, and if they get if they fall into the box, that's just you know that's the the cherry on top. I mean, eighteen points without getting in the box, six point one k. I mean, he had value, so he was yeah. fine enough. I mean, uh, I actually he actually got into a relatively bad game script. Um, he didn't get as many carries. How many how many carries did he end up with, actually? I'll check. Uh, he ended up with 16. So 16. That's more than I thought he had. But um yeah. yeah, there was a one point in the game where I actually was worried that he was hurt because they gave like almost an entire series to AJ Dillon. And I was like, oh no, don't don't let this happen to us today. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean he was fine enough. 6.1k was just too cheap with Aaron Jones out. Yeah, and so Kareem Hunt, uh, he underwhelmed again here against uh, against Las Vegas. He's at home. They ended up getting 14 carries, and he really hasn't been that involved. I mean, he's been somewhat involved in the passing game, but really he, he's only been between like three or four targets the last the last couple of weeks. Um, he ended up having 16 touches, you know, and he got you like 70 yards. Um, you know, he didn't get in the box. So 9.3 points, clearly not good enough, but, I mean, he was 80% owned. So it didn't really matter because everyone else had him anyway. Yeah, I mean, and this is another spot where I'm going to say process over results. This really was a smash spot. I mean, the Raiders' defense is trash. The, the win in this game was pretty bad. So I mean, you're going to you're going to project him them both teams to run more. Um, it was just an ugly game all around. It's weird that with Nick Chubb out, his role hasn't really changed that much. Um, yeah, he's well, at least from a receiving perspective. I, I don't know why, to be honest with you. Um, but, I mean, at this point, until Nick Chubb comes back, I don't know if I can play him anymore. Um, 
he's a great player, but right now, I mean, his are, role, we need that expanded role more than they're giving it to him. Yeah, I think they're on buy. Yeah, yeah. I think they're on buy, and then, and then Chubb is back. So I don't think we'll have to worry about Kareem Hunt uh, anymore. But he has just been like kind of underwhelming at his price the last couple of weeks. We've been, we've been playing him. And, you know, he was fine last week because he got in the box, and this week didn't get in and only scored nine points. Didn't really matter. He was uber chalk, so everyone else had him anyway. It's kind of the same thing with Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. Moving on to wide receiver, uh, we both played Keenan Allen. That was our only similarity here at wideout. Um, Keenan Allen's a total smash. I mean, if you didn't play Keenan Allen, I don't know what you're doing. He was 70% owned in double up, so 30% of you just don't have a clue what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> That's just a fact. I mean, maybe that's rude. Maybe that's a little harsh, but it's just true. You don't have a clue what you're doing if you didn't play Keenan Allen. No, Keenan Allen is a total lock. He should have been 100% owned. Just yeah. that's just that's a fact. Like he should have been 100% owned. He went off last week for 10 receptions, and his price tag didn't change. And I mean, I mean, there was a lot of talk this week about oh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, he's in a smash spot, you know. No Debo Samuel and against the Seahawks. Okay, but he was 5,800. If you played Brandon Ayuk, a rookie wide receiver, in a relatively bad passing offense where he's the number two at best behind Kittle, mm-hmm. over Keenan Allen, who's just an uh, absolute alpha at 6.2K, in a much better passing offense with Herbert, I mean, I, you're just – I don't know what you're doing, but you need to reevaluate your process because Keenan Allen should have been 100% owned, in my opinion. Yeah, Keenan Allen in his five full games with Justin Herbert has had 10, 19, 11, 13, and 11 targets. Is, <laughs> you just play him at 6,200. That's just underpriced. Total misprice. Finally priced him up to 7K this week. It's about time. Yeah, and he ended up going nine for 67 and one against Denver. Don't really care about the matchup when you're getting that kind of volume. Keenan Allen's a total, uh, total lock, and he ended up being perfectly fine for us. So I ended up going with Kendrick Bourne. I talked about him on the Friday night pod, uh, how I liked obviously the matchup with Seattle and the fact that the Niners would be forced to throw more. And they did. He ended up having 10 targets. He got a couple garbage time things, but I mean, we kind of expected garbage time against Seattle anyway. They would be forced to the air in the second half and he was perfectly fine. Eight for 81 on 10 targets at 3,500. That's a total smash. 16.1 points. I'll take that all day. Yeah, at that price point, 3.5K. I mean, I played Denzel Mims, but I much preferred Kendrick Bourne. I just didn't have the salary to get there. Um, We've seen that Kendrick Bourne kind of excels in these spots where, you know, Debo, another one of the receivers is out, and especially in this projected game script, we knew they were going to have to throw. And at that price point compared to Ayuk, I thought he was a much better play. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Mims, I feel like Mims might have ran bad. I mean, he had four for 42 at the end of the first quarter, and then he got nothing the rest of the game. I think he had one target the rest of the game. I don't know what was going on there. I think the Jets almost just started to run the ball in the second half when they were down by, like, three scores. They are just like, let's just go home. Just- yeah, it was kind of disappointing. I think he actually got out targeted by Berrios and Jeff Smith. I actually um, preferred Berrios at 3.5 over Mims as well, but again, I couldn't get there. I really liked Berrios' workload coming out of the slot. You've seen Darnold just pepper Crowder and Berrios. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, 3.2K, I really liked him coming out of the draft. I thought he was a talented player. Um, he showed a little bit last week. I mean, 
he's he just it was kind of what made Devonte Adams fit for me. So I yeah. mean, six point two points, not going to kill me. I mean, it's and it's he's fifty play. So again, he's not really going to kill you too bad. Three point two k at fifty percent owned. I mean, wouldn't really matter anyway. He scored six points, didn't matter for you. He still scored, you know, yeah. forty five points. Largely because of Adams. Um, yeah, Devontae Adams just windmilled. Windmill <laughs> again, and Adams. And he was only like 12% owned in double ups. Just total smash. Yeah, he was far less owned than I thought he would be. And, I mean, granted, the wind in that game was pretty bad, and it and it gave me trepidation as well. Um, my 2v2 going into the day was Adams and Mims versus A.J. Brown and um, I think it was Rashard Higgins. Yeah. Uh, and then that would have changed what I did at tight end. Um, but I just felt better about Adams, just his ridiculous target share, the red zone equity he has. The win was a little bit – I went back and forth on how I viewed that win, but at the end of the day, I just came away with, okay, it's Devontae Adams. He seemingly gets there every single week. He trucked Minnesota the first time around. I mean, Cameron Dancer was terrible. Um, so I just – I felt more comfortable playing Devontae Adams versus A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, I had trepidation about that game script. I thought with the Bengals having five offensive linemen who have never started a game, I thought the Titans were going to truck them. And A.J. Brown ended up scoring a touchdown that bailed, bailed him out, but it really was an underwhelming game. So um, process-wise, I'm happy with the decision. I definitely ran hot with the three receiving touchdowns. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah, I mean, he only had 53 yards, but, I mean, still, he had double-digit targets again. Yeah, the wind really wasn't an issue uh, for Adams, and really we shouldn't expect it to be. I mean, they're just going to keep forcing it to him. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, just a total smash from Adams. and not Definitely not unexpected um, to put up 30 from Adams. So I ended up going with Deontay Johnson, and this this one is fun. We, we got to talk about this one. So Deontay Johnson was only two percent owned. So this is a totally, uh, you know, off the board, uh, off of everyone's radar, really in cash. He was the last guy in, so I, I was really not going to come off of Waller. Uh, I thought that the weather in that game, yeah, it was going to be windy in Cleveland, but Waller runs like his eight dots like six. So he, I, I figure, it might actually even help Waller because. You know, if they can't throw deep, they might just pepper his area of the field all day long and just rack up 10 targets. Um, so I, I wasn't coming off of Waller. And with Keenan Allen and Bourne, that left me with, um, you know, w- with 5,500. I was like, ah, I can't get up to Ayuk. I mean, I already had Bourne anyway. And that range really didn't have much there. I was just like, and I couldn't yeah, move any further. Yeah, I couldn't move down any further with, with defense because dolphins were you know already like the bottom at 2400 so i just went with deontay johnson because you know his target share in games where he's played fully has, has been right around 30 percent so i figured i mean yeah i know it's baltimore's tough matchup but i, I mean for his volume at 5500 i thought that was was underpriced and he ended up getting hurt in this game and came back he still ended up playing 88 percent of the snaps so the injury really didn't matter um, but he was just completely shut down by, by Baltimore. He caught one ball there at the end of the game. Um, you know, I still ended up eight points above the line to cash, uh, largely due to the Dolphins defense, but they sometimes run hot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that five to six K range for receiver was really a crapshoot. 
Um, of all the guys in that range, I did think Deontay was probably the best. I mean, for his target share, he definitely was underpriced, even in a tough matchup. Um, so, I mean, and I think if I would have projected him, it would have been somewhere around eight targets at least. Because, I mean, every game he's played fully, he's gotten, what, like a 30% target share in that offense. Um, and you really, you really have some serious bad luck whenever you play Deontay Johnson. He's gotten hurt every single time that you've played him this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's just like a bad omen for you. I know. And I haven't been season long, too, and he's been fine this year. But, yeah, man, he just – he killed me in, in week three it, where he got hurt and, you know, I, and I had him and he had a goose egg or he had .9 or whatever. And then here I go. I roster him again and he scores less than two. So, it's like I, I just can't get this guy right. I know he's a talented player. I just – I can't get him on his on his peak games. Yeah, and your, your Waller play, for me at tight end, it was either Darren Waller or I'm punting. Yeah, I, I thought really, Waller was – I really didn't want to play Janu or anyone in that range because tight end is so, so, so bad that I just feel no reason to pay for anyone that's not named Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, or Waller. I really just won't do it. But I actually thought – the weather in that game, like you said, would work to Waller's benefit. I thought those short dot throws, I thought he would just get peppered all day, but it ended up just being an ugly game. He definitely ran cold. Um, I mean, five for 28 is not what you're expecting. Um, but I thought he was, process-wise, I thought he was a fine play and definitely a little bit underpriced as well. Yeah, and the Raiders only, they did not throw the ball very much at all. Darren Waller still had, uh, he only had six targets, I believe. Uh, but he still had a 26% target share. So <laughs> they just did not throw the ball much at all with that win. They just gave the ball to Josh Jacobs basically every play. Yeah, um, that, was, that was an ugly, ugly game. So I'm perfectly fine with Waller. 5,600. If you, if you tell me Darren Waller is going to get a 26% target share against Cleveland at 5,600, I'll play him again. So I'm perfectly fine with the play. You got to talk about your windmill with Alberto. <laughs> Alberto, man. I mean, he had, what, seven and six targets the last two weeks coming into today. I knew Noah Fant was back and healthy, but, I mean, shower narrative, dude. I mean, Drew Locke, college roommates with Albert O, favorite target coming out. They draft this guy. He's using Pepper with red zone targets, Pepper with targets. Uh, he's not playing a lot of snaps, and I knew that heading in. But, again, the tight end position, I'm just not going to pay up. I'm going to punt him every week. Um, I would rather punt tight end – 100 out of 100 times, then play two low-priced receivers. I just I just don't think there's a lot of opportunity cost at tight end when you're, I mean, between a guy that's 2,800 and a guy that's 4,500 right now. Yeah. Um, Alberto definitely ran hot, had one target, one reception, one touchdown. I mean, you can't really run hotter than that. And I've ran hot with these tight ends all year, whether it be yeah. Alberto or um, – you know, Jordan Reed, Trey Burton. Um, I had that Anthony Ferkser call, though I didn't play him. I mean, yeah. There's just it's I, such a bad position that I just don't care. Just I'm just gonna punt it every week. <laughs> just yeah, I'm perfectly fine with punting all side end, especially because they priced their floor at 2,500. Like their pricing floor at running back is 4K. Their pricing floor at wide receiver is 3K. You can get these guys under that. You can get under 3K for some of these guys. You can actually play who are out there running routes. I'm like, if there is a viable breathing body 
who is under 3K at tight end, who's running enough routes, I'm just going to play him every time. I just don't care because it doesn't matter. If they get in the box, it's just an absolute print fest. Yep. And, and I mean, <laughs> Alberto gets the end zone targets too. He has, he had uh, one in this game. I mean, he had the touchdown on it and he was targeted in the end zone again in this game, uh, but it was a pass interference on the defense. So he, he could have had two touchdowns, but it was pass interference. So Albert O is his, his targets per route run is actually very high. He does not run very many routes, but when he does, he gets targeted. Drew Locke loves him. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's a ridiculous athlete, man. And again, Drew Locke's favorite target and college roommate. He just looks like a pretty good player, man. And I mean, that, that Denver offense really lacks talent right now outside of Jerry Judy. I mean, Cortland Sutton's hurt. Yep. I'm not sure if KJ Hamler's hurt still, but he's not really showing anything really. I mean, Noah Fant uh, wasn't healthy the last two weeks coming back. I, I, he's also a great athlete, a great player, but man, 2,800, he was absolutely fine. The only thing else I have to say is that I did prefer Harrison Bryant at 3,200, but I couldn't get there with the salary unless I came off Adams. Yeah. Um, so now we're at 2,800, fine enough. Yep. And spoiler for next week, he's 2,800 again, and this time he's at Atlanta. The worst defense to put in tight end. So I think we might have our punt, punt again. I think Alberto might be the play again next week, but we'll get there on Friday. So our defense, we both end up playing, punting it off like we always do. We both end up playing the Dolphins. They were 17% owned in double ups, not nearly high enough. I thought they'd be way higher. They end up having two sack fumbles, two defensive touchdowns, uh, and two interceptions, then I'm giving 17 points up to the Rams at home. I mean, just an absolute print fest at 2,400. 23 points. I mean, you can't run hotter than that at defense. And, you know, the thing is, like, you know, we played Jimmy Garoppolo. He had a bottom one percentile outcome. Kareem Hunt had a pretty low percentile outcome. For me, I played Deontay Johnson. He had a bottom, like, five percentile outcome there. But my defense had a top – one percentile outcome so sometimes you know this stuff kind of evens it out you get unlucky at one position you get kind of hot another position and um you know it ends up being just fine so i scored 125.7 and that ended up winning me uh 71.5 percent of my head-to-heads um like i said finished eight points above the line of cash and double up so a uh, pretty solid week what about you i ended up winning 100 percent of my head-to-heads I uh, cashed on my double ups. It was a really good week after two weeks of struggles. I got my process back on board. I did not tinker afternoon. Uh, and I found myself much in a much better headspace throughout the day. I, ha- I wasn't tilting about my, you know, 1258 last minute decisions, last minute 2v2s and 3v3s. Um, so much less tilt this week. And the last thing I'll say about the Dolphins is at home at 2,400, we've said for, what, two years now that Jared Goff's not very good under pressure. Um, and he's not as good away from home, I believe. And, I mean, the Dolphins' defense, I really don't think they're that bad. I mean, they have a little bit of talent on that defense. They, they spent a lot of uh, a lot of salary cap on, on the defense this uh, offseason. So, I mean, and they've shown that they've been pretty decent this year. So, at 2,400, I thought they were pretty much a lock. I mean, the Defense is basically the same as tight end. I'm not ever going to pay up for it. There's way too much variance at defense that I'm just going to find a matchup I like at, you know, 25, 2,600 or lower, and I'm just going to roll with it. Yep. 
Yeah, just punt it off. I mean, same tight end defense. They're very high variant positions, and they're really just not that important. There's not a lot of opportunity cost. I think you just punt those positions, pay up at running back, pay up at wide receiver, and usually you can punt off quarterback as well. So um, with that, that's going to be it for the uh, for the week eight recap pod here and we're gonna be back here on friday night breaking down the week nine slate can't believe it's already week nine all right see you everybody see you guys